Hello, and welcome to episode 32 of the Beyond the Bleachers podcast. Round of applause. Gotta keep it low. 32, yeah. <laughs> 32 episodes we're about to do, and straight to business, per usual. Uh, no nonsense. First and foremost, thank you all for listening to our previous episodes. So our first time viewers, we are a podcast channel. We are, you know, beyond the bleachers, we cover sports, we cover pop culture, we interview people. And yeah, just want to say thank you because we don't really say thank you often to our fans to begin the show. So I wanted to just put that out there. Yeah, thank you guys. You guys are much appreciated. It's the reason we got it. We keep pushing out, in our opinion, quality episodes. Yeah. Come through with quality takes. We want to impress you guys. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing, guys. We we love feedback too. You know, any feedback that you guys have towards towards us, just let us know. But other than that, keep rocking. Uh just to put this out ahead for you guys. No, I'm not taking this Yankees hat off. I'm sorry if you're not a Yankees fan. I'm sorry if you hate the Yankees. Stain. Yeah, that's not ideal for me, but I still love you, man. Go Paw Sox. Jesus. They're not even the Paw Sox anymore. <laughs> They're yeah. not. With that being said, though, we got a good show lined up for y'all today. The NBA trade deadline just happened, so that's something we're going to heavily talk about because that's probably the biggest news of the week in terms of sports, and a lot of trades went down. I'm very excited to talk about that with you guys, and I'm very excited to talk about what happened and what didn't happen. Yeah. After that, uh, just going to go straight to our first, unfortunately our first, because we had technical difficulties a couple episodes ago, but our first guest interview of the new Beyond the Bleacher season. We're going to have known known person as Gabby Sin, a blogger, fashion enthusiast. I'm very excited to talk to her. She has a lot of ideas. She's a very creative person, and I love her personality, too. And I know she's going to be great for our show. I'm very excited to talk to her. We're going to have some fun with this one. Yeah, for sure. I get it. Yeah, she's... She agreed to it, and I'm very happy about it. She was very efficient in the effort to get her. She was so souped when you mentioned it to her. I was like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. But, yeah, uh, stay tuned for that. We'll have timestamps down below. We'll do everything we got to do for that. Uh, definitely check that out because I can guarantee you that's going to be a good interview. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Straight to business, though. The NBA trade deadline happened. And the Wolves bombs nonstop today. Nah, well, let's be honest. Woj today. Is a goat. Uh, he outperformed Shams. Mm-hmm. I'd say so. Yeah, Bro, when it comes to when it comes to NBA news, if it's not Woj, you don't know like who else? I mean, you could obviously have mad people to count on, but Woj is always just the top guy that everybody is like, all right, it's confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Woj. No, I know, I know, I know Shams is official, but like, yeah, Shams is official too, but Woj, bro, like, if you drop something, you know it's going to happen. 
or it is I've noticed that I've noticed that Woj is like if a I, I know Woj bomb is a thing, but like if a bomb happens, like major blockbuster trade happens, he's usually the first one to put it out there. But Shams is very Shams is legit. He can mm-hmm. he can just as well tweet out news and no one else did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got when the NBA season got suspended last year. Pretty sure he was the one, the first one to put it out. Yeah, I know he was really big when um when I think what was the off season when Kawhi went to Toronto. Like I know he was really big for that because he was just literally on point with every like news that needed to be dropped for everyone that was getting signed or traded. Or any moves that was being made. So shout out to you, Woj, man. Yeah. You job very well. But regardless, I mean, they both did their job. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the busiest days of the year for them. And they definitely delivered. They yeah. delivered for sure. Literally, news after news after every minute. I'm like, yo, y'all got Yeah, I was refreshing my phone every five seconds. Exactly. So, every time you refresh, there's something new coming. For sure. So uh well, let's talk about it. No. Yeah, I'm just going to ask, uh, which move stands out to you guys the most? Well, I woke up today uh, pretty early in the morning. Nothing crazy happened. And then on my way to on my commute to school, uh, Lucevic. Yep, that was the first one. That was the first major bomb today that mm-hmm. dropped. Um, I was – we'll get in more in-depth – in a bit, but I was very kind of shocked. That came that kind of came out of nowhere because Aaron Gordon was obviously like the talking point for Orlando and all that. And then you know Vucevic has traded. It's like what the hell? Mm-hmm. But it was, started, I mean, it it gave the tone for the day on what we were gonna have. So it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Interesting move by the Magic, to say the least. What trade stood out to you? Before we get in depth, to me, uh, I knew this was inevitable. I didn't know the destination, but Victor Oladipo to the Heat stood out to me just because, if I remember correctly, I feel like there was talks to uh, for Oladipo to the Heat back when he was still on the Pacers. This has gone as far as two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so, the Heat. I mean, I guess got their guy. And Victor Oladipo got his destination. Yeah, oh, no, I think that, that was... happened like after, because um, if you know, there are casuals out there that don't know this, trades can actually trickle past three p.m. the actual mm-hmm. deadline. That was yeah. one of them. Yeah, I didn't get out until like at least like ten minutes after three. Wait, they probably they probably don't cut off like if ongoing negotiations at no, three p.m. Right? Probably, I mean. It takes like, time. Let them finish from, up. It takes time from accept the deals to reach the public. You know that. So yeah, I got you. A lot of these deals get done way sooner than we actually see them. We just get it. Yeah, we just get a chance to see it afterwards. Exactly. No. Yeah, uh, Charles. I look, think Ola. to you. My bad. Oh no. Um. To be honest, I think the same too because one. I mean, when I first like saw the news, I didn't, I didn't see like what else was along with the trade. I just know it was traded to the Heat, and then it surprised me because if I'm not wrong, I think 
there was a time where they want like they wanted to make moves with um Oladipo, and I think he was saying that he wanted to stay in Indiana, and then seeing that he got traded to the Heat out of all places, I was like, wow, that's, yeah, that's pretty. That's, that's pretty bad. weird. That's weird bad. That happened out of nowhere. That's bad for my Celtics, but we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah. But anyways, uh, now that we kind of expressed our whoa that happened moment of the day. Uh, let's get in depth on these trades. So let's, I mean, if we're going to start, I guess, in order, Vucevic got traded first, so let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So Nikola Vucevic is going to Chicago. Um, first of all, first and foremost, I was like, what a deal. What a get for Chicago. Not only do you unleash Otto Porter's contract, which was hurting them really badly, mm-hmm. you're getting back all an all-star all-star level player to go along with Zach Levine, who's an all-star. And I mean, now you have Zach Levine, Vucevic, uh, Kobe White is someone who's emerging. I don't know what happens to Laurie necessarily. I I heard, and this is over now, so he didn't get traded, but I heard they were kind of shopping him around. I do. I am interested in what that looks like in the off season, but I mean, the Bulls, the Bulls, dude, the Bulls will be, I I think they're going to be fine in the foreseeable future. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to be a top three seed or anything like that, but what a get, in my opinion. Yeah, I think they're taking the right steps, to be honest. Like, just making the right moves. Uh, Something that they haven't been doing the past few years, but it's good to see that they are. Yeah, no, you got uh, all-star big, you know, all-star shooting guard, and then you have a bunch of, like, young pieces on your team. And we've seen the Bulls, you know, definitely improve from last year, two years ago. And I mean, I'm happy to see it because they the last time we saw a solid Bulls team was when Jimmy Butler was was with them. Um, so yeah, it's good to see them, you know. That feels, I mean, like it was, that feels like it was 10 years ago. Yeah, it feels like you know, Jimmy Butler's been around after that. I don't mean that with any disrespect, but passed around. Been a few, been to a couple of teams. Yeah, no, I, I can't imagine how, how James feels, you know. James is so excited. James, I mean, yeah. deservedly so. Um, <laughs> you just got an all-star. I don't know what to tell you, dude. Your, pov- your, your franchise looked like poverty like two years ago. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they, got, they got Nikola Vucevic and then pair him with Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. I think that's a and get rid of that contract from Otto Porter, man. Get rid of that contract. I mean, I know you gave a Wendell Carter, but I mean, you got the better player in the deal. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, I mean, they also got Al Farouk Aminu. So, like, I mean, I haven't been watching him too much, but I feel like he's he's been in the league long enough to know his position, to know what his job is to do. You know, just support, help out. So I feel like that's another piece that they got that was pretty somewhat important for their team as well. You're an established player. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it started the fire sale for the Magic, yeah. but I think the Magic got a decent return too. Obviously, they're going to go young. And they rebuild. Um, you know, Otto Porter is not expected to play long term. Part of that, you know, he's I, he's probably getting bought out. Mm-hmm. So. The expectation of him being there, that's not necessarily a thing. They just got, you know, took that contract to I mean when you're when you're a team rebuilding, you take contracts like that and you just buy them out. Yeah. 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 That's that's just what teams like that do. 
So I have no doubt in my mind that James is very happy right now. Now, the fact that they could have got Lonzo, they didn't. But the fact that they could have got Lonzo was scary from the perspective of a fan of another team in the Eastern Conference. But, man, if they would have gotten Lonzo, that would have been well, – we're talking potential top three seed. I think they have that kind of talent. What would you think would, like well, – how would you see them if they ended up going along and getting Lonzo? Like, um, you get a guard who I honestly – dude, I know LaMelo has been, like, great this season, and I know Lonzo – compared to LaMelo started slow. But Lonzo, mm-hmm. people need to understand, Lonzo is not a bad player at all. Lonzo's actually a pretty good player. He's developed so much, too. Like, yeah, he's developed a lot. When he first started to now, he's developed, you know, he's, his defense has gotten way better. His shooting, like, percentage has gotten better. He's, he's yeah. putting more importance. Like, not saying he wasn't important before, like, but he's putting a lot more important importance to his team. Like, we see how big his name is in this tra- like this trade deadline. So that shows that he's definitely improved a lot over the years. And yeah, I would, I mean, anywhere he goes, I would like to see it and see how that adjusts for him. Yeah, and there's, there's definitely maturity in his game. He's, mm-hmm. he's a person that we, we had questions on his aggressiveness when he first came into the league. And while he's not, you know, slashing and dunking everywhere, he's not doing that. Um, he definitely, you can definitely see a change in confidence in him. He's definitely like... yeah more confident in his game you can tell you can tell yeah oh for sure man uh charles just mentioned it the progression that he's made with his shooting and before he used to shoot like like some random dude that you would see on the on the blacktop yeah that was ugly. yeah now his jump shot honestly it's a pretty jump shot mm-hmm. like he just took a complete 180 with it yeah, yeah, like Jason just said as well. My bad. But uh, a big thing was the aggressiveness. Like, obviously, as you said, he's not jumping out of the gym all the time, but he's not as hesitant as he was when it comes to going to the basket. And that's obvious because he's not breaking as many layups as he was before. Yeah. But uh, what were you going to say, Charles? No, I was going to say, all that, you know, just builds up over time. Like, I wouldn't expect – like, I remember he was at a certain point considered a bust. I was like, whoa. I never considered him a bust. I was like, whoa. I mean, this is like, you know, just circle. Like, other people talk. Are, if your standard bust. was the next coming of Magic Johnson, maybe he's a bust there. But, I mean – Yeah, but – I mean, no, he, dude, he had so much hype built up getting drafted by the Lakers. I'm yeah, and I think that's – yeah, that's where it came in the conversation, seeing that, like – he had he hadn't performed the way people thought he would coming out of like um like college and i feel like that's what people like you know you know there's always people just coming in and automatically hitting people with that con- like conversation of being a bust but mm-hmm. players like him like we see today you know just a couple more you know years just understanding the game you know seeing maybe where you can find your position as a player and how you can run with it and then just finding a team that it fits along with. Like, when he was on New Orleans, like, I feel like that was a fit for him that I liked because the team was already kind of young. You know, he had a teammate with him, um, Brandon Ingram come with him and play there. So he had someone he was familiar with. Mm-hmm. And then you just saw, like, the way he just developed, like, time by time and time into now where him, him getting moved is a big thing for a team. Like, it's important. 
they know that they know his worth as a player. You know what I'm saying? Can I be honest? Yeah. At this moment, I don't want to see Lonzo move yet, uh, be moved yet. For the simple fact that I feel like there's still a lot of potential between him and Zion as a duo. Hmm. I could I see it. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, I could see that. And I feel like that's important too. You know? didn't get traded today, so maybe we can. Yeah, so him. there's so there's a lot more for them, you know, just depending how the team is going to make moves in the offseason or along the way and how that can contribute to both of them. Because having a young team, you can do so much with it. Maybe not mm-hmm. right at the moment, but in the long run, it always benefits you somehow. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the bigger names not traded today mm-hmm. who had yeah. rumors behind him. So New Orleans decided to keep him. We'll see what happens in the foreseeable future. But as of now, he's a Pelican. Yeah. Yeah. But I do – Um, just a final thought on that Vucevic trade. I think it's a win-win for both teams. Uh, obviously, Chicago got a great guy, um, great addition. And then Orlando got the job done. I mean, it's a fire, so they're collecting talent, and they're going to go with their young core pieces now. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Might as well not waste uh, Vucevic's time there while they're uh... – Waiting on a couple major uh, pieces to their team to come back from injury, like Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. Yeah. Instead of just letting Vucevic sit, uh, sit and wait no. there. No. Exactly. Give it up. You're not going to make it anywhere deep in the playoffs if you even make the playoffs. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Vucevic was not the only person on the Magic traded today. There was more multiple people traded today. And one of those people was – Evan Fournier to my Celtics. The Celtics. How do you feel about that? That's the first edition that, I mean, last year there was some bullshit trade, but that that's the first, I would say, legitimate edition since 2015. That was Isaiah Thomas. Cool. Yeah. So. You mean like involved in a trade, right? Yeah, at the, at the deadline, yeah. Okay. That, that can show you how our deadlines have been in the past. Um, he's the only guy that we got in addition. I'm not going to count the other trade because whatever. Yeah. But um, in terms of my team and how I feel about it, I mean, you can't complain. He's a 20-point-per-game scorer. Uh, he can shoot. He can get to the basket. He's, you know, not a liability on defense. He's a guy you can bring off the bench if you're the Celtics and – he can help help address that that bench issue. Yeah, I mean he he's a well rounded player. He's a he is a Gordon Hayward like player. I'm not going to say he's as good as Gordon Hayward, but at that I mean if you lose Gordon Hayward, you at least can get someone like him, and they did with their player exception. So I don't mind the you know addition personally. What bothered me today was. Chicago getting Vucevic, while the return was all right, I think the Celtics could have matched that. And I think that would have been the better fit for the Celtics. Yeah. So that would annoy me. They're they're in need of a big, but yet, like, nothing against um, Fournier. Like, he's a good player. You know, he's going to get his job done. He's going to do what he can to support. But I feel like if if you're a team and you know exactly what's missing, why not go for that, take the chance, 
and see how far you can get with it. If you don't, obviously it's unfortunate, but at least giving it like a chance and going all in. But I don't know. I feel, I don't know. The Celtics, I feel like they're, I don't know if they're waiting too long or they're just like, they, they're trying to run around the fact that they maybe not need a center and maybe they just want to get more other players, which I don't think makes any sense to be honest. Well, to quickly mention, I mean, they traded Daniel Tice away and they got Mo Wagner who I don't care. Like that's not going to make a difference for our team. I think Robert Williams is starting. I think the era of Robert Williams being your starting center has begun and I'm in favor of that. I think Robert Williams is a good, you know, he's an athletic freak of nature. I mean, he's undersized and he has like a seven, five wingspan or whatever it is. So he's definitely like, it's exciting to see him starting. The only problem is he's undersized. And if you're going to face Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid multiple times being in the Eastern Conference, you're going to need a guy who's 6'10", 6'11", and can play. And Vucevic was that guy. So that's the only thing I'm annoyed at. But to put that aside, the four-year addition, I don't mind it. I, I think you, you can't sit here and say that doesn't help the Celtics because it clearly does. Mm-hmm. He did his part yeah. in Orlando, so I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. he wouldn't. He's a good player. He wouldn't disappoint the Celtics with his talents. And on with the – um, I know I was going to mention something quick about Robert Williams and just his game. I feel like if they find a way to, like, work around the fact that he's a small like center i feel like it, they can make it work because yeah, i am at a bio's a undersized center yeah you know they, yeah. they've had i feel like yeah the Celtics have had undersized you know centers before obviously maybe not under brad stevens we but haven't we haven't had a legitimate big since what kendrick perkins or no like, al horford? like 2010 yeah I don't count, al, al horford's a little bit different he's not a uh, I don't think you're Joel Embiid and you're like, oh, shit, Al Horford's playing against me tonight. <laughs> you know what if I mean? If you're Joel Embiid in that scenario, you're like barbecue chicken. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to Al Horford. He was great for the Celtics, but I don't think that's, you know, the presence that was certified big. against elite. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do agree with uh, uh, you, Jason, about – being in favor of them just developing Robert Williams because hey, if you can't if you can't pick one up on the market, you might as well uh fix what you have. I think he was a steal, man. He exactly. I, don't, I don't remember what exact pick they got him with, but it was in it was like twenty something. Mm-hmm. The, from the moment I saw that they picked him, I was like, yo, this can actually be a great addition for the Celtics. I got you. But uh with this, I don't mean to really like take a jab at your guys' team, but you guys are kind of giving me uh, the Los Angeles Angels vibe right now. No, I don't know. Like you said, uh, I'll, I'll explain it. Like you said, uh, Charles, like the glaring issue is you need a solid big man. Yeah. The Angels, it's so obvious that they need pitching. But like every move that they make doesn't accommodate for what they really need. No, it just boosts and, other strengths. Yeah. And like, I'm not, it's, you guys are a lot earlier in the situation than the Angels are. Like they're they're deep into that situation, but I don't know. I don't like that direction you guys are potentially heading in. And yeah, man. I mean, I think Danny Ainge just needs to he needs to get something done. I think. I mean, he can't get something done now because the deadline's over. But like, you guys can't uh, listen, man. Potentially, I... like take take a uh, dive like in the in the buyout market. 
I mean, we could, but the problem is, like, here, here's my thinking of that. Okay, Robert Williams is a very young player, and you want him to be your starting center now. Why would you get a big man in the buyout market if Robert Williams is the plan at center? Yeah, I mean, no, that's just that's just in the case that they don't want to uh, go the Robert Williams route. I mean, that's yeah, I mean. I mean, that's if that's their plan. Yeah, look into the buyout market, try to make a trade in the offseason, do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's the route they want to take. So it does not make sense to get a guy like that. But I do hear you. I think, I mean, it's a question mark. Is Robert Williams ready to be a starting center? Exactly. For, you know, a good majority of the season. He's been better this season, but he hasn't started every game. Yeah. He hasn't played against Joel Embiid every game. He hasn't played against Giannis or KD. So we got to yeah, wait. I get... Yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you mean. Uh, at least test it out. Yeah. Um, I don't think Fournier solves all the Celtics problems, but I think it's a boost. And then one final note on the Celtics. Listen, I love the guy. He's he's done well in the past. And I'm going to highlight this guy specifically. I really need Celtics fans to stop overrating Marcus Smart. It's just good player, good role player, but that like that that's all he is in my opinion. I'm tired of him being a part of this big 3. For the Celtics, if Marcus Smart is the is the third piece to a big three on the Celtics, the Celtics, I can assure you, will not win a championship mm-hmm. ever. Got you. Yeah, uh, they need to stop. Well, I think it is. They were reluctant to trade him for Aaron Gordon, which I mean, Aaron Gordon. I I have questions on him. I don't think he's a legitimate superstar. You know what I mean? But I mean. Uh, Celtics fans need to stop overrating their players. I saw Daniel Tice leave, and I saw Celtics fans saying "fire Ainge." That what? What? <laughs> like you know? What that's I mean? like that's like that's a more reasonable reaction if they traded like Tatum or Brown, not Daniel Tice. Like, that's, come on, that's crazy. But I mean, I just have to get that rant out because. I've been having that rant for the past week. Oh, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with that. I feel you on that. There's no point for them to get all mad because Daniel Tice is gone. He leaves not for nothing. What did, like, how big of a change will it really cause? I can promise you Daniel Tice is not going to be the reason we go another round in the playoffs. I'm, yeah. I can promise you he's not going to be the reason we go to the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals or the semifinal. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to be the reason we're over the top. So it's not that serious. Please, yeah. like, he was he was an okay player. He did his time here. It is not that serious. Guys like that are replaceable all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, nah, but going on about uh, Marcus Smart, I think I'm not a Celtics fan, so I'm not speaking for you guys, but my perspective on it is probably uh, – fans always appreciate like the heart you put into the game and how much effort you put. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Mart definitely gives his all on the defensive end all the time. Uh, even on the offensive end to a point that that hurts the team at times, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just the fans really appreciate him and it's hard for them to get past like what's really important. I don't care, man. There's no reason why. And again, I like Marcus Smart. It's not like personal. It's the fans that annoy me. But mm-hmm. in that situation, I'll give you an example. There is no reason why Marcus Smart should be taking more shots than Jalen Brown 
in the fourth quarter. There is no yeah. reason why Marcus Smart should be taking insane threes that he that he takes in the playoffs rather than get a better look somewhere else. Or I mean, if someone's gonna take crazy shots, I want it to be Tatum or Brown. They really shouldn't be taking crazy shots, but if one of them, if they're gonna do it, I want them to doing it. I don't want Marcus Smart taking crazy ass shots because they're not gonna go in. I'll never forgive him yeah. for how he did all that in the series against Miami. I'm like half the time you he was really just the game, bro. you cannot. That is not the equation to success. I'm sorry, it's not. It's just it's just annoying. It's really annoying. But yeah, I just have to. Get I got you. Yeah. Um, let's get back to the that sec- that other big move that the Magic made, though. Yeah, the third major move that the Orlando Magic made. Uh, my team struck out on that sweepstakes. So did other teams. But Aaron Gordon is a Denver Nugget, and wow, what a starting lineup that is! First react, first and foremost yeah. reaction from me: what a starting lineup. That's a top three team in the league. Esque lineup. That's a nice boost to your starting lineup, but man, just thinking about the amount of depth that they continue to add mm-hmm. and have already had, it's it's scary, man. I feel like the Nuggets are legit. You got Jamal Murray, Jokic, Aaron Gordon now, Paul Millsap. Yeah, you got them, and then just like Michael Porter, <laughs> possibly like the best like role players in the league that you could get. Yeah, and yeah. you haven't even – I mean, they traded Gary Harris, who's a good player. Um, Good get for the Magic, by the way. But yeah. have so, dude, they have so much depth. They can get anyone. They really could get anyone in the trade market. As long as you make the move, you know what I'm saying, just do what you can to at least try and get it and hope for the best. And look, we have yeah. Aaron Gordon as a Denver Nugget now. Yeah, so Aaron Gordon uh, requested a trade – out of Orlando, he apparently he really wanted to go to Boston, which mm-hmm. I, I mean it didn't happen. So yeah, I remember seeing sources about that saying that he was most likely interested in going to Boston. Yeah, but when you see rumors yeah. like that, you automatically have to think to yourself, he's not going to Boston because every time yeah. this happens, the player never goes there. So I I did not I choose to not hop on that because I already know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, but. I wasn't surprised when he went to another team. I'll, I'll just say that. I think a team that struck out big on Aaron Gordon that I think could have benefited really well was the Portland Trailblazers. I think I've I've been saying this for three, four years now. They need a forward. They need a forward. You got yeah. one of the best point guards in the game. You have a really nice complimentary piece with him which in CJ McCollum. Um, Yusuf Nurkic is, was injured. He's healthy now. I think he's a very good center. You need a forward, and that was a forward you could have gotten. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. old man Carmelo is not going to cut it. <laughs> he just Dude, needs to. Care. What's up? I was saying he doesn't care who comes onto the team. He's a starter, and no one's ever taken his position. <laughs> yeah, when he said that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but I think they, I think they kind of struck out on that. Yeah, oh, I'd agree. They eventually got Norman Powell, but Aaron Gordon would have been a better fit, in my opinion. I mean, Norman Powell's more of a shooting guard, though, right? More or less. Okay. Yeah, but 
I, I think Aaron Gordon would have complimented them better than Norman Powell does. For sure. Especially with uh, Dame's ability to attract defense. Man. The ability to create space on Dame's part. The ability to, you know, clash onto Aaron Gordon when he goes, you know, to the basket. That gives opportunities for Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum that they haven't been accustomed to. Mm-hmm. So I think that could have helped them out, but He's not there. He's a Denver Nugget now. And I think Jokic with Aaron Gordon on the floor is going to be very interesting. Mm. Yeah. That's for sure. Watch out for that team. That team is legit. I think that team can easily make it to the finals. Yeah, I think so, too. It's just their only thing is that they've got a tough road to the finals. They do have a tough road. Um, They're, like, ranked third right now, correct? Third or, like, yeah, between third and fourth. Or fifth. Some somewhere around that. I mean, yeah. West is tough, but to do this quickly, the Lakers didn't make any crazy major move. Uh, There's a buyout market that could happen, but as of now, the Lakers have not made any major moves. The Clippers, if we're gonna just throw this trade out there, the the Clippers got Rondo, which that that's key. That's not something to ignore. Isn't Um, Lou Will back on the? Isn't he a hog? Yeah. Lou Williams is back in Magic City. That's that's the, that's the headline. And those wings are about to they're not a, they're not gonna be the same anymore with how easy it is for him to get them now. Dude, if Magic City had stocks, I would have bought him like right when I saw that trade happen. I think they gave him a nickname, like Lemon Pepper Lou or something yeah, like they that. Did. <laughs> they did. But um the Clippers did a nice little move. I think I mean Rondo's experience in the playoffs is very, like, very key. Yeah, like you saw, we saw it last year with the with the Lakers. It's like for a team that has not gotten to the conference finals in ever. <laughs> I think adding someone like that could really help. Mm-hmm. They never make it like. No, yeah. For sure. The only question is, you got Rondo Beverly. Like it's 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 a little weird, but. It's, I mean, he was on the Lakers last year, so there's intel there. It's a good move. Yeah, you have Atlanta who has a good six man. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's a vet. That's a good piece that they got. So, yeah. yeah but, um, yeah, we just kind of threw some trades out there, but it is a tough road for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. That was the original thing. It's a tough road, but the road Aaron Gordon added to the Denver Nuggets makes that road a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. yeah for sure that's the reality of the situation so all three magic players are gone uh the magic blew up their operation um that kind of headlined the trade deadline to be honest kind of what the magic did Uh, there were some other you know pretty decent moves i would say uh we mentioned norman powell he's a trailblazer i think i mean while they didn't get aaron gordon someone i thought that could have Help them. Norman Powell's a good player. He he can help them for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jabel McGee also went to the Nuggets. Back to yeah. The- that's that's just interior defense for them. Like yeah, another yeah. solid move. I thought Brooklyn should have took a stab at that. They could have used him. Yeah. I agree. Um, but there's one more. I would say major trade that went on. Is it the one we mentioned earlier? It's like the one. the one that surprised us? Yeah. Man, 
Oladipo. Victor Oladipo is now a part of the Miami Heat, and the Miami Heat gave up not much for him. Um, first of all, first and foremost, you cannot – you have to remember, Victor Oladipo is on an expiring contract. Now, I think that part of it's a little irrelevant because – he wants to go to the Heat. I don't think he's going to leave that situation. He clearly wants to go there, but the Miami Heat played this situation perfectly. Because they didn't have to give up any of their like good role players. Because I'm pretty, sure, I'm, pretty Duncan sure ask, I'm pretty sure the asking price for Oladipo is going to be Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero or whoever. Never. That's probably going to be some... The, the asking price was going to be something revolved around that. But mm. the Miami Heat know that Victor Oladipo is as good as gone there. They know the Houston Rockets cannot afford to lose Victor Oladipo for nothing. You already botched the James Harden trade by getting Victor Oladipo, and you got him for a bag of chips, I would say. But the Miami Heat knew that the Houston Rockets could not lose Victor Oladipo for nothing, so they just waited, and the return wasn't great because why would the return be great if you know that the pressure in Houston of trading Victor Oladipo was there? They played that perfectly. Oh, they did. And to, um, think, to think that Houston could have got Levert, that would have been crazy. Yeah, Houston's just in a really weird place right now. <laughs> Yeah. They lo- didn't they just get off their twenty game streak? Yeah, no, I was cool. I was I I felt like yeah, definitely Oladipo leaving was good because how the hell are you gonna stay on a team like that? He wasn't staying. And like sadly, that's the case for John Wall. Yeah, well, he can't leave. That contract's too big to move him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, definitely a good move for Miami. I just hope they run with it and run with it right because. They got a team, you know, got so many stars. They're on in that on Aldridge team. via yeah. the buyout. They're in on Aldridge via the buyout. That could be a huge addition for them. That would be so mm-hmm. huge. I think yeah. the Miami Heat are legit. Um, I would not pick them to come out of the East right now still, but mm-hmm. they're better than the Celtics. They're better than a lot of teams now in the East. Yeah. You guys hear that? Hear what? One of the loudest thunder uh, that I've ever heard. Damn. Lou Williams' arrival in Georgia has <laughs> has happened. I did not. Whenever Lou has entered the chat, yeah. My bad. I just no, caught my good. attention. You're good. If I mean, if that's gonna happen, I would do the same. But yeah, um, I think that was a good addition by Miami. They played that perfectly. Like I said. Miami's not done. Miami's kind of only getting started in a way. So we'll see how that transpires. And you guys you guys know off the top of your head uh where they're seated at? Um I believe four. Fourth or fifth, one of the two. No, because I think Atlanta's fifth. I don't keep up with standings every day. I know the Celtics are in eighth. I know I think Miami's in fourth. I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. No, then if that's the case, I think. They just set themselves up to have a good rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, definitely going to be stronger in the playoffs than originally anticipated. I'm just – yeah. And I really want to see – because I feel like Miami is the perfect fit for Oladipo. Like, just his mentality. 
Yeah. Uh, he's all about the hard work uh, and dealing with adversity because he's bounced back from major injuries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think that the Miami Heat just complement that really well. Especially with so, leaders like Jimmy Butler there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean even it, before they had Jimmy Butler, I feel like they had that mentality. And now it's just it's the Pat Riley ment- mentality. Mm-hmm. Pat and Eric Spolstra. Yeah, and they're already working on a long term contract. So we that was a foregone conclusion that he was going there. I mean, he literally said that he wanted to go there. Mm-hmm. Not directly, but it was obvious. So he's there. And yeah. they're definitely going to make a good run run at it. And the other thing to note, they didn't give up key players. Yeah, we'll, no, I think we'll get into Kyle Lowry in a second, but they could have gave up Tyler Hero for Kyle Lowry. They could have gave up Duncan Robinson for them. They didn't. And I think those players are good players. So, I mean, run it back, make some additions, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Now, speaking on uh, the Kyle Lowry rumors, though, I honestly – I didn't think he was going to be gone midseason. Um, I feel like it'll, it'll be an offseason move, like let him wrap up his final season in Toronto type thing. I mean, I, I'm just having a hard time evaluating his value. Mm-hmm. I personally would not give up a Tyler Hero for Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is a good player. I think I would love Kyle Lowry on my team as my point guard. I'm not ready to give up 21-year-old Tyler Hero who has tremendous upside. As overrated as he was in the offseason, I don't know how that happened. but And, and as, as bad as a, of a season as he's having right now. Tatum had a bad, bad season his second year too. Not bad, but you know, not not the same. Up to par. You can't. You cannot establish a player on their second season. Um, That's too hard. Honestly, there are many people. There are many examples where players in their second season took a little dip, but after that they go right back up. So mm-hmm. you cannot establish talent in their second season. Yeah. No. That's like that's with like every sport basically obviously it's different with basketball but like once uh once the other teams in your league have like enough study on you and they just know how to play you or or like in baseball or something they know how to pitch to a certain guy it you just gotta adjust against the adjustments that they've made and that just that just really uh sets the tone for what's to come like some people fold when it comes to that some people rise above it. I'm. I feel like Tyler Hero's gonna. He's definitely gonna bounce back and just keep getting better. So the Miami Heat, I think, should definitely keep on or hold on to him. Yeah, no, he could definitely even go as far as working hard in the postseason, just showing a little bit more effort with his game than he did the regular. But I, I'd say definitely keeping him could help him just develop, you know, being around that atmosphere that he's already in and obviously liking the people that he plays with. Help, it could help him obviously just become better and try to just be more consistent with his game. So. Yeah. But, yeah, um, the Miami Heat don't have Kyle Lowry. The Los Angeles Lakers don't have Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is still a Raptor. Um, again, I don't know his value. Like, I'm having a hard time figuring out his value because I don't – He's not an elite point guard. He's not Kyrie. He's not Dame. But he's a good point guard. He's someone that will definitely help your team. I think this is, like, the way he has 
so much like animosity towards his team and just helping them out. You know, as a leader, you know, you, you don't, I feel like he doesn't want to give up on trying to get Toronto to be in a better position. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I would say him moving could be better for him. I, don't yeah, I mean, he's already accomplished the biggest goal he needed to with Toronto, so it's yeah, not like I he... See, I don't see Toronto making, like, a serious run anytime mm-hmm. soon. So I think, I mean, if he's interested in rings, I think the best situation yeah, for him is to move. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, I, I honestly think he'll get moved in the offseason. Yeah, because Toronto's and I think that's the ideal season. time to move him to be honest. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Toronto's not having the greatest season, and I don't see them making a major splash to get somebody, especially losing Norman Powell. Like, yeah, that's that's a, another piece, you know. I mean, like you get Gary Trent back, who's a good player, but I mean, this isn't making the Toronto Raptors a top three seed in the east either, you know. Yeah, exactly. yeah. He was probably the biggest name not traded today. Other Him than Alonzo. And then there was one more guy that I was like, wow, he didn't get traded today. I forget who, though. Doesn't matter because they weren't even traded. Yeah. JJ Reddick went to the Mavs as a Mavs supporter. Yeah. Uh, no, that. Excited. I'm excited. Yeah. I think he'll be fine there. Yeah, I like that trade. He's a veteran. That's knows a- what he's doing. Definitely a good piece to surround Luca with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's just somebody who reliable with uh, if Luca needs to dish it out after trying to penetrate. Yeah, uh, the Thunder have thirty four picks now <laughs> in seven years. Oh my god, that's insane, dude! If they don't pan out, like if they don't make a superstar pick with any of those picks, that is a waste. That's one of the biggest L's I think you could possibly take as an organization. You cannot have 34 picks in seven years and not hit on one of them. One Very notorious team, though, for developing good players. So Yeah, no, that's for sure. They'll, they'll be fine. Yeah, no, I think the Thunder are in a – they're in a good place, like, looking forward. Uh, Shea is still – he's still young. Maybe. And then you got all those pieces – or all Celtics those picks. What's up? Celtics could have had him. Yeah, Celtics could have had a lot of players. I've I think started. it is good though that you guys aren't like your front office is a uh, like really they're really set on Tatum and Brown. I think that's good though. Yeah, but you have to make them happy, and if you don't make moves to make the team better. They can, they can, and they will leave. And if they exactly. leave, you are a poverty franchise again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're yeah. not getting a Brooklyn Nets trade again where you steal all their picks. That's not happening. Now, okay. I understand. Like, I mean, if they want to kind of surround everything around Brown and Tatum, that's fine. I get what they can do, but that's not good because they're going to get sick of it, you know. Yeah, they you can't gotta, do everything. You got to surround them with good players, though. And Evan Fournier is a good player. I'm, I have no doubt in my mind that move was, to, you know, okay, we're doing things to improve the organization. I, I can assure you that has some part of it. But mm-hmm. you got to keep them happy. You can't do nothing. 
Mm-hmm. You can't Shout waste. Stars. You can't waste their youth. Yeah. Jack, you just want to satisfy your stars. Don't piss them off. Yeah. Nah, that's for sure. Overall, though, I think the deadline was successful. There have been deadlines that nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, I would say a good a change in that this year, though. Yeah, I would say this was definitely a good deadline. Uh, not the craziest one we've seen, but definitely one that's going to uh, be talked about for a good amount of time. Yeah. yeah, and we'll see what happens. Do the Denver Nuggets make it over the top with Aaron Gordon? Uh, does Evan Fournier make the Celtics good again? Because the Celtics suck right now. <laughs> does Nikola Vucevic, I can never say his name right, but does he, you know, make Chicago into a threat in the East? Does a team not trading for Kyle Lowry regret it in the end? Yeah. A lot of questions out there that will be answered soon. And a lot of you have to realize a lot of these trade deadline deals our foundational framework for the offseason, too. So there could be a lot more stuff yeah. going on once the season's over. Yeah, that we don't know about. I'll, I, I want to, I can't wait till that time of year comes to this because it's so hectic and there's so many surprising trades or signings that happen. It's so, it's so much fun to watch. Okay, the best time of the year for basketball, yeah. and it's not even basketball. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel like this trade deadline was a Small sneak peek towards a potentially a crazy offseason coming up. Yeah. yeah. Depending on and, and not depending like just knowing the free agent that will be this season and just who would pick them up is so interesting just to know or just to at least get an idea of a Yeah, I mean NBA, like obviously they're dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Um an entertaining deadline, that's a good way to try to balance it out. Yeah, I yeah. mean, in the end, those players will get healthy, and a lot of them aren't, you know, season-ending. Some are. Sorry, LaMelo. Like, that sucked. Yeah, that, that one sucked to see. But, I mean, LeBron's, LeBron's coming back. I yeah. I want to assume Kevin Durant's coming back. I know he's been out for a while now, but, I mean, they haven't ruled him out for the season, so I'm going to assume he comes back. Yeah. Yeah, this player, I mean, you know, they will come back. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the rest of the season, these playoffs, man, I think it's going to be a good one, to be honest. Yeah, it's going to be. Now that we know. Especially with fans coming back, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You got a better feel of being in the NBA, like, atmosphere. It finally feels a little normal again. What's it called? Baby steps, guys, baby steps. I was going to say, is it for, like, Melo's injury? Because I remember seeing something saying that. Um, I think, yeah, he's still out for the season. But I think there was something mentioning about his, like, scanning and how it wouldn't be, like, as bad as it, it is. I don't know. I probably just read something wrong or, like, saw some no, BS. No, no, no. I feel like I saw no, something no, about. For the season. He's done. He's not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I saw something saying that in the case that Charlotte does somehow hold on to a playoff spot, that he could potentially be back for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't think I have because, like, I feel like waiting an entire like for the entire next season for Lamelo to come back. I he was exciting to watch, to be honest, and I don't want to. The Hornets are have to put that on hiatus. 
the Hornets mm-hmm. aren't, you know, this elite team that we're going to have to worry about in terms of them making the finals or anything like that. But, I mean, they're they're coming because that team usually sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, right they're, now they have a better record than the Celtics do. Yeah. Yeah. It is fun to watch. You got dudes like Miles Bridges you slamming a windmill at the end of the game. Gordon Hayward, LaMelo. That's yeah, a- no, I remember us talking a while ago. Um how this uh move to Charlotte was a it was a good move for Gordon Hayward. I think it's just I think we're seeing it right now. He's just playing good basketball. Uh, answered a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the biggest question with Gordon Hayward is his health. Mm-hmm. He just needs to stay healthy. He was always a good player in Boston, but I mean, yeah. 5 minutes into his first game in Boston, he broke his leg. Like That's so unfortunate. With, like- dude, <laughs> That was crazy. I I will never forget that. But yeah, the biggest thing with him is his health. His health. Like, he's yeah, it's not his play that's in question at all. It's he's a good player. He he's a difference maker. He he makes the right plays. He's not a ball hog. He knows where to pass. He knows what to do in key situations. He's a good player. He got a good shot selection. He has a great shot selection. Mm-hmm. He just needs to stay on the court though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the major injury that happened to him on his first game that's with the Celtics, I mean, that's out of his control. That's yeah, not that's not his fault. Um, I mean, no yeah. injury is anyone's fault, really. Yeah. But, true, I mean, but last year, he had some hand issues. Uh, you know, it, he was never really that consistent in yeah. terms of being on the court for the Celtics. So, yeah, it was unfortunate. Yeah, well, good move for Orlando. Just Orlando, I'm um, Charlotte to get him, and see how much he's having fun with them. Yeah, I wonder if people are still thinking that he's overpaid, though. Uh, he's not overpaid. He's just. Yeah. I think he's at where he should be. He's mm-hmm. a good player. Like I said, he's not a scrub. Like. Yeah. I forget how much exactly he's making, but I mean, it's not, you know. Egregious, isn't it? Isn't it thirty mil a year, or something like that? Like that. It's not like you know something I would highly disagree with. So, yeah, I think he's fine. I got it. Yeah, but um, is are there any last minute thoughts on the deadline? Anything we didn't cover that you guys wanted to mention at all? Um. Cause I'm, I got nothing. I'm, I'm done. I, yeah, no, I got nothing either, really. I mean, besides the fact that I saw some really good moves. Uh, I mean, I, I want to see how these, all these players adjust to their new teams and mm-hmm. how far they can go. You yeah. know, just with their teams. Mm-hmm. All I have to say to close it out is, while I think he should stay there for a little longer, a lot of teams are probably gonna. I feel like. They're gonna regret not uh, making the move on Lonzo. Yeah. yeah, I want the Celtics to get Lonzo, but that that will not happen. Mm. Lonzo in the in the green gold. Interesting. That won't happen. I can assure you, it won't happen. But yeah, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Um, obviously, a lot of good teams made some moves. A lot of bad teams made some moves to help them out. So. I'm interested to see how all this goes, and we'll find out all the answers in the 
well, once the season ends, whoever's kind of champion and whoever's losing trades. So we'll see. Yeah. We will see. That recaps this NBA, this year's NBA trade deadline. Um, it happens once a year. And, you know, it's been a good one compared to other years. So there's that. True. Not for sure. Alrighty, though. I'm very excited. And I'm very I'm looking forward to our guest. So are you guys ready to talk to our guest? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's get it. All right. And we have a special guest today. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> for sure. So um, we tried to get a guest on previous episodes, and that was unsuccessful. But... <laughs> Here we are. Technology sucks. I know. Technology sucks. It was it sucks because it was a good interview. Mm-hmm. But it just couldn't happen. But we're gonna make sure that this one actually can happen. Okay, good. <laughs> For sure. Anybody you wanna know a fun fact? That's my niece right there. Yep. <laughs> well, let's have your niece let's have your niece introduce herself. Tell the world who okay. you are. Okay, so I am Gabby Siniscalci, also known as Gabby Sin. I have my own fashion blog. And yeah, I'm a fashion major and French major. So that's me in the shortest nutshell. All right, so you're going to speak French this whole interview, correct? Are you going to understand French the whole interview? Absolutely not. (laughs) Uh, If it's not bonjour, then uh, I'm sorry. Then not. Oh, man. We're going to go English for this one. <laughs> I did not know you were a French major. I, I'll just put that out there now. Yes, that is my second major. I actually studied in Paris last spring, so it helped out my French a lot. So, I, um, what's it called? But, I mean, being that, like, you know, you're into fashion, you know, definitely TMD, no? Yep, I am. So, like, what passion did you, like, what made you want to start getting into clothing and, you know, picking TMD as like your major? So ever since I was like little, I always knew that I was a creative person. Like I actually um, enrolled into URI as an art major and switched into TMD, like fashion, actually at orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what really switched for me was that I already knew I was always into art. I was always into like designing and colors and stuff like that but I didn't know where to take my creativity to actually like make money. Like I didn't know if I wanted to be a graphic designer. I didn't know if I wanted to, um, I don't know, take it into fashion, but it really clicked for me actually when I was a junior in high school because I went abroad to (laughs) Italy. And I just remember going down the streets and seeing all the high luxury stores and it really just like inspired me so that's when it kind of clicked in my head that like, okay, as soon as I get back and go to orientation, I'm going to switch into fashion and make that my focus where I'm going to drive my creativity. Oh. We'll get into the traveling in a little bit. Cause that's very cool. I haven't traveled like that. So I'm, well, I'm <laughs> interested in what that was like, but oh, yeah. you say you were younger when you caught the interest in, in this about how old were you? Um, for fashion or just for art in general? For fashion specifically. For fashion, I was about like 17. 
what is that like sophomore year in high school so 17 that's like junior yeah yeah i'm I'm getting old man (laughs) yeah jesus christ well i actually relate to you because when i was in high school around sophomore junior year i'm a kinesiology major if you didn't know but that's kind of when i caught the interest in that so i actually relate to you with that yeah definitely like a, a formative year i feel like for people yeah hey charles when did you catch your interest in your music <laughs> you know, I, I caught so junior year i was like really really interested in computer science and i was like all right, i guess this is going to be the major that i'm gonna go with because i like it i know a lot about it once i got to uri everything changed and I know I tried kinesiology too, like sophomore year. I tried it, you know, wanted to see if I wanted to get into it. Then I was like, no, nah, this is definitely not something that I know I could see myself doing. And then I know, I didn't even know sports media was like an option to do as like a major. So when I heard about that, I was like, I mean, I know about sports. I know I, I would one day want to do like, like all around I know I wanted to do something with sports involved. So I'm like, I guess this is something I could pick up because I, I know a lot about it. I I played sports before, so I'm very familiar with like being on the athletic size, like side of it. And um it's something that I enjoy. Like I definitely want to be working in a job that I actually like. You know what I mean? I don't want to force myself to do something that I'm not gonna want to enjoy. So yeah, but I would say junior junior year a lot more senior years where I kind of found that first passion then I lost it again in college. I feel that luckily I haven't had that change. Like I haven't, I've stuck with the major I've intended oh. to do. So mm-hmm. I really yeah. hope I don't have to change that because I'm about to go into my third year and I'm not trying to start over. Yeah. yeah. Once you're at your third year, I don't think changing your major should be on your mind. You should already, <laughs> it's because you know, you, you're almost done. You don't want to switch out you know then you got a whole nother curriculum to follow and then you're gonna most likely have to do more than four years and no one wants to do that not it but no i I applaud you guys for finding your passions and running somewhat with it because art's still kind of still with fashion you know yeah and then ken you know it's tough ken is tough that's all i could say but i applaud you yeah maybe i'll be your doctor one day no (laughs) No, i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) anyways back on track so you have a blog yep and you post on your blog pretty consistently i try i haven't done it in a little while um just because i've noticed there's a lot kind of going on between school and then i'm also actually trying to reshift my direction i'm taking the blog in so there's actually like a lot more going on behind the scenes that I don't think people really know about but yeah I, I try to be fairly consistent yeah I mean I can we can relate to you because we actually took a hiatus for this podcast because of school and mm-hmm. during that hiatus we were all planning and doing all that sort of stuff so that's definitely something we're kind of used to um yeah. last year you did post pretty consistently I did keep up with the content I really like it I really appreciate it I think it's nice being you know a creative mind put her thoughts out there thank you yeah it's um it's 
literally my child. I love my blog so much. It's my creative outlet. It started off as just my fashion creative outlet, but it definitely has kind of transformed into also just my like personal journey and things I've learned along the way. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's really something that I love doing and put all my passion into. And it just combines all my interests, even for editing photos, for um, like photoshopping, just everything all together. Yeah, I like how it's not just fashion, because originally, for example, for this podcast, it was supposed to be only sports. And Mm -hmm. while there is a broad audience of people that do enjoy sports, we wanted to expand our audience. So I think, like I noticed you have like favorite albums of 2020, for example. That's something that kind of has nothing to do with fashion, but you're still, you know, putting content on your blog. You're still kind of expressing yourself. So. Yeah, thank you. I definitely think um, even with fashion, it has to tie a little bit into popular culture. So I still saw that as a viable direction to incorporate into what I was doing. So and plus Twitter asked for it. (laughs) So I was like, okay, if the people want it, I'll deliver (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel you on that. And I was going to ask, like, how much, like, do you think with fashion has a, like, play in music, you know, like, like, what what's your take on how fashion has with music? Oh, a lot. I mean, um, they're, the two are very, very intertwined because music produces celebrities on top of just musicians, but, like, celebrities altogether. And what you see celebrities wearing oftentimes fashion trickles down. So what you see the people you idolize and you relate to are wearing, you kind of adopt their certain style and want to then dress like them. And that's how retailers honestly make their money. That's why they follow the trends that musicians are wearing out and stuff like that. And also um, styles of music, genres of music affect how people express themselves altogether. The way you would see like, rock music affects how someone who listens to that wants to dress. So the two are definitely very intertwined. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I mean, we, we see it a lot. Like we see a lot of artists kind of go into clothing lines, you know, there's yep. Kanye West, you know, there's Travis Scott, there's um, pretty much everyone. Everyone to be honest. Yeah. Pretty much yeah. everyone does merch now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Merch is actually a huge part of rollout now whether it's an album whether it's i don't know something big coming it's a huge part of rollout now it's a good source of income too and it's also again because it's tying so much into expressing yourself like say i'm crazy about this new travis scott album and then he puts out merch i'm gonna want to show the world that hey i listen to it i love this album this is what i like so it's really a smart business move yeah if i'm not wrong don't you have like an astroworld sweater or something um i Oh, me? Oh, you have one, too? No, I don't. I wish. Yeah, because I, I think, Jason, if you... Are you talking to me? Yeah, I mean... You're, what, what do I have? Do you have, like, any Astroworld, like, merch? I do not have any... Ast- I do not have any Astroworld merch. Yeah. I have Travis Scott merch. I don't have Astroworld yeah. merch. Uh, uh, when but- Astroworld dropped, I was probably poor at that time, so <laughs> I did not have the funds to buy that kind of product, but... I do have Travis Scott merch. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, no. I feel you. Like, I mean, like you said, Gabby, it connects a lot, helps them out, you know, 
put some extra money in their pocket all alongside with, you know, their music. And we see it too. Like I know a lot in the nineties, we saw like, you know, a lot of in New York, especially mm-hmm. a lot of like, you know, baggy type, you know, not like street gang, but like, you know, we saw street wear, we saw street a lot wear. of people wearing, you know, a lot of like baggy or clothes, yeah. um, like New York hats, you know, just like the style kind of like followed through into the streets of like everyday society. And yeah. obviously we see that and we see how much of an impact hip hop made towards like people's like clothing wear, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's dope. That's dope. And also, where where do you live? If we may ask, like where are you originally from? Oh, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one, of the, one of the places for merchandise and you know fashion. So how does it feel like living, how does it feel like living in a place like New York? You know, and being like a person who's interested in fashion. Oh, it's amazing. I draw so much inspiration from from being there. Um, and I feel like it also affects how I then in turn dress myself. Um, I've definitely taken a few different directions in my own personal style, but especially now as like a 22 year old who's getting into the industry. Um, it definitely affects what I even go out to buy. Um, Part of why I went into blogging is because I have favorite bloggers and I look up to them to see what I want to wear. So um, New York City is huge for that. It's it's one of the big fashion cities. Mm-hmm. It's the mecca of everything, pretty much. Yep. I wish I was like closer to New York. I haven't been in a while, but it is what you it is. You guys need to visit. You guys definitely need to go. <laughs> With some chopped cheese, some bacon. Exactly. <laughs> With my Tim's on, listening to like <laughs> Pop Smoker, Biggie, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are something else, man. I know. <laughs> Get that a lot. But you love Rhode Island, though. Yes, I do. It's the perfect balance in my opinion. So it's like I go home, I get that city life that I'm used to, I know and love, and then it's almost like a mini vacation. I come over here, it's completely different. Um, a different source of inspiration and I just love the people here I love Providence culture and um, obviously love where I go to school so I really do love Rhode Island is the fashion significantly different from here in New York absolutely I find some of it here um, a little more (laughs) weather-based like you see some some funny choices here specifically people in like sweatshirts and shorts not really a thing back home but um it, it definitely is a little more laid back I'd say here too yeah and the other thing is you got to remember this state is very small so yes. the city and the country are no more than like 30 minutes apart so yeah. I yeah. see a lot of street wear in one place and then cowboy sure. hats and boots and all that <laughs> in another I don't know about you. I've never seen anybody wear a cowboy hat, cowboy boots. (laughs) But I'm glad I have it. But yeah, no. Go to West Greenwich, Rhode Island. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. I've never been there. So yeah, I'm going to take a trip. I'm probably going to see like 100 people wearing cowboy hats and boots. I mean, it's not. No, no, no. Let me not. Let me not put a false narrative out there. It's not like the full on farms and countries, but it's like. It's different. It's, not the city. it's it's different. <laughs> very different. 
Yeah, you can definitely know you're not in Prague. Yeah. <laughs> nah, well, I mean, glad you like Rhode Island, you know. Yeah, Rhode Island's great. Uh, like I said, I love how everything's less than an hour away. That's mm-hmm. I commute to our school pretty often, and I don't know if I could do that in another state. That would maybe require a longer travel time. So, do you drive? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that is something I had to get used to. I mean, I don't drive, so when I go to right. school, I t- I take the bus. <laughs> that is right. So very New York. <laughs> I hear a lot of people in New York don't drive. No, I mean, I feel like there's pluses to taking public transportation. Um, it's more sustainable. Uh, I don't really have to pay attention to what I'm doing. Someone's driving there. Um, but yeah, so I just I just take the bus to school. I honestly like it. It reminds me of being back home. So I don't mind it at all. And also back in New York, like it's so populated that a lot of areas don't have places to park. So you might as well take the subway or take the bus to where you're going yeah as a vehicle owner i don't i don't know i feel like my vehicle is a part of me now yeah so it, it would be hard to kind of change that aspect yeah. of my life but yeah. hey if you're used to it i mean it is what it is you know i was gonna say that's a very like i hear that a lot in rhode island it, it's just a very like region type thing yeah we have a bit of everything here mm-hmm. yeah I mean, having a vehicle is nothing fun, too. A lot of money that you're spending on that, like, your car. Oh, a yeah. A lot of money. Them gas prices right now, man. Almost $3. <laughs> what? I don't know about to pay all that. Yeah, I just had to fill up my tank today. I wasn't happy about that. Bro, me too. Literally, I had to pay, like, almost $40 for a full tank, and it wasn't even full. I paid $42 today for gas. Oh, you beat me. It used to be 30 what? It used to be 30 with the freaking gas prices right now <laughs> anyways let's not talk about gas right now but i'm um, actually i want to ask how like how's this year been for you gabby you know how's school you know just you in general how's everything been holding up um school is very busy right now it's my last semester so i'm really trying to make it a good one and then you have like my capstone course which is really doing a lot right now mm-hmm. um and in terms of like everything else, I'm still kind of getting used to how school is right now because I was home last semester because of COVID and now I'm back in Rhode Island, but it's still an adjustment, but I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm really happy with how things are playing out, at least for what the situation is. That's good, honestly. How has the, yeah. how has the pandemic experience, I guess, been for you? In terms of, first of all, in terms of your blog, and second of all, just your life, because we're all a part of it, so. Yeah, it's been definitely difficult, as it kind of is for everyone. Um, in terms of my blog, it's harder to now go out and, like, shoot content, because it's hard to link up with people. You don't know where they've been. They don't know where you've been. Mm-hmm. It's harder to kind of then, in turn, find inspiration from that, because, that's kind of where I usually start my creative process to make um, posts. So that kind of all just trickles down. It's made it way harder. And then for me personally, I'm a pretty social person. So it's hard to not always get to see all the people that I'd want to. Um, But I know everyone's in the same situation. So at least that's a little bit of comfort, I guess. 
Yeah. Makes like, sense. A lot of people have been affected by this, like, so bad. Especially yeah. like with the work, you know. I feel like that's where it it sucks the most. Obviously, you know, just in general, you know, we have to worry about our health, like, extra. You know, our families, our friends, you know, make sure we're following every guidelines and, you know, just being safe. But then it's like when you have work that comes along with it and it consists of being around other people, you know, meeting mm-hmm. new people, et cetera, et cetera. It's just like, I, it doesn't feel good to know that you have to drop all that or like not be able to go back to how that, like how it would used to be, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's also affected some connections I've tried to make. Like I was trying to work with Bumble. I was trying to work with Victoria's Secret Pink, like things for campus representatives mm-hmm. and they couldn't work out because of the university's numbers. So it has affected quite a few things. Yeah, well, all we could do now is just make the best out of what we have right now and just continue. And then when things open up again, you know, we just jump right into it, get back into it, get back to work, you know, handle our business, get things done. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's been tough. Um, Originally, this podcast was in person. Obviously, that's not the case anymore because we just can't really hang out no more. But yeah, like he said, we're doing what we can and we're here. So, yeah, that's yeah, tough. everything's everything's had to adapt. So. How long does a uh, how long does a blog usually take? Um, so it it varies um and it varies depending on first off how in depth a post is going to be um some posts are just me talking about a topic but others when i'm trying to endorse something trying to influence my readers to go check something out um maybe check something out on amazon actually getting the links in order to get people to click there and them to go straight to that website that takes a lot longer um editing my content, taking my content um, takes a while as well. So I'll say typically a post is maybe like two days work. Like a two day process. Yeah. And it varies, obviously. There's going to be things that take three days. There's going to be things that take one day, probably. Exactly. Where do you get your, where do you get most of your, you know, hey, I'm going to post this i'm thinking of posting this like you mentioned twitter forced you to do something <laughs> like has that happened um, you or it was something i was first trying out because my blog is still relatively like young i think it's only two years old um there's still a lot of trial and error so when i first started off it was more so things that i thought i would want to read so people like-minded to me who are looking for the same content I would be looking for would want to read but the more I have been doing this I learned how much more important it is to give people what they want because at the end of the day you want people to read what you want it's not just a blog for yourself so I have tried to shift it into a way that I'm writing what people want to read so that's kind of the direction I'm taking it in now. Um, and also mixing that with what I think 
people should be doing in terms of fashion. So by definition, fashion is what are, what's coming into trends. And that's not exactly the safest for the environment. So I'm also trying to redirect into, okay, what shops should we be supporting that are good for the environment, that are good for the people making the clothing. So it all kind of plays a role into what I decide to write and put out. Mm. That's, it's crazy. I took a TMD like class, uh, I forgot when, telling us that the environment does have, like, it plays a huge role within fashion, you know, obviously because the materials that's used. I know certain, yeah. um, what's it called? Certain like countries, uh, the way that they have to work, you know, for their self is not healthy, um, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So it kind of surprised me, one, how much the environment like takes place within fashion. And then two, like, knowing about the conditions that people work in to make the clothes that we wear like every day? The problem is, I feel like this ties into our culture as a whole. We are a social media culture. We like things quickly. We want them now. And with that means we want clothes faster. We want what's new. We want what this person's wearing. We want to um, wear and keep up with trends. So because of that, because of that demand, companies look to supply that. So that's why your stores like H&M, Zara, um, like Forever 21, Fashion Nova, they have way shorter lead times to be putting out all this clothing to match up with what people want. And that's why they're successful, which is good for them. But in order to make it so quickly, like someone unfortunately suffers, and that is the workers in China, Bangladesh that are working for such low pay to put this clothing out. And it's a big problem because also I think you can't quote me on this number hundred percent, but I think 88% of like landfill waste is textiles and clothing, which is a big problem. So yeah, definitely as people who study fashion, the big component is to make sure you're advocating for more sustainable methods, advocating for better um, retailers that are matching that and owning up to that and being, um, like upfront about what they're doing. I've had a couple of friends try to go more sustainable in what they buy in terms of clothing. So I, that's definitely something I've heard before. And mm -hmm. I just, well, you said don't quote you on it, but like to think 88%, like that number, that's, that's crazy. It's a lot. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. One thing that I know our generation is leading in is thrifting actually and rebuying things that are already out and making them into something else or mm -hmm. using them as vintage like and that's like amazing so yeah, yeah. i used to hate thrifting that's the <laughs> i used to because i was thrifting like no. thrifting now like, huh thrifting now is like a it's lot of people's main source yeah. of you know acquiring clothing now mm -hmm. yeah yeah before I used to think that like, why am I buying clothes that's like $2? And I feel like that also plays a part like in society too. People always want like, you know, the most expensive, you know, clothing, but you can literally make something out of literally $2. It just has to go with one year style. And then it has to go with obviously the fit alone. Like you can literally make $2 clothing look like $3,000 clothing. Absolutely. Just don't tell them the price and you know, you're good. 
Yeah, I um, definitely buy things that I wouldn't have bought a couple of years ago. But that's just maturity, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. just who cares about the price tag? Like, at the end of the day, I'm wearing this. I'm, you know, expressing myself with this. So mm-hmm. I don't I, yep. I, I really don't care about like price tags anymore when I buy my stuff. As long as things are making you happy, I feel like that's all that matters. Yeah. Wait, so Jason, you don't look at price tags no more, huh? <laughs> you have money, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. College, man. I don't, I don't have any money, man. I work for, I work for books. <laughs> nah, it's, it's fair. That's fair. I, and, and I'm going to, I haven't even gotten my stimulus check, man. Yo, me. Really? Yeah, no. Yo, Biden's bugging right now. <laughs> he hasn't given me his Biden books, and I'm over here on my last pair of socks and underwear. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, um, this is a, I don't know if this is like a question that would be too interesting or like something that you can answer, but being that you went to like France and everything in Italy, mm-hmm. what difference do you see like with American, you know, style of clothing versus you know european i was just gonna ask that question yeah i was that's that's something pretty interesting to find out so um what i noticed about europeans specifically the french is that they are not as big into fast fashion as we are here and i do think because majority of the big worldwide celebrities are american so that's part of our culture that's who we're following in France, it's more so like, what's the classic style? What can I wear with a bunch of different things? So you see a lot of like, bla- like more expensive blouses that you could wear with these jeans or these pants or this, like coats that you could tell like someone dropped money on, but you can wear it time and time again. And it's just stuff that like is more sustainable and is more um, like flexible in terms of outfits so they may have a smaller wardrobe they actually call it a capsule wardrobe they may have a smaller wardrobe but it's more like interchangeable whereas here because some of the retailers are like like I don't know if you guys have bought from like Fashion Nova the quality is not as good or durable so I think that's the biggest difference I find but of course like America is huge. That varies depending on the consumer. Some people do shop more like they do over there. Um, So that's, that's like the biggest thing I noticed. Wow. I'm never shopping. That makes sense. sense. No more fashion over men for you, Charles. Uh -uh. Never will. will. Now. (laughs) That's really interesting though. I mean, I always used to be at least seeing like, I don't want to sound like I mean it's not really offensive it's just like literally what I used to think I used to think that like a lot of people in France would wear like really tight tight clothes you know what I'm saying versus like here, like you see a lot of people like wearing baggy clothes sagging their pants and I'm like oh I mean there's definitely a difference you know a lot of people mm-hmm. wear tight clothes and in France and a lot of people don't wear tight clothes here except for that yeah. era yeah I I mean um Savile Row in um, in England, like that's the the big like tailoring um, street. Like in Europe altogether, I just think things are more like you. It's more of an investment for clothing. 
Like you're, you're putting your money in for it to last. You're putting your money in for the fit of this to be perfect, like tailored to you. Um, and I would say the silhouettes do um, vary. Some things are baggy, some things flare out. Um, but also I would say the clothing over there is a little more muted in terms of colors. Mm -hmm. You don't see so much like flashy, look at me. It's more like classy. Maybe I have a gold lip, like a little more like toned down, but you still look like, you still look good. <laughs> All right, so you see like a lot of like people wearing like black, red, yeah you'll see you'll see patterns but it's like a houndstooth pattern of like black white beige mm. that sounds like jason's wardrobe <laughs> yeah i'm not too flashy with like the fits anymore me either yeah yeah i kind of find things that work well with multiple outfits and i go with that personally mm-hmm yeah, I'm. I've definitely grown up with my my fashion. I used to be the kid who'd wear like colorful stuff because it looked cool. Like I remember this one time, I went to. I mean, this it kind of goes with it. I went to a party. The theme was all black and white, and I came in with a Hawaiian shirt and camo pants and like red shoes. That used to be my style. That that was that was that was C drop back in the day. That's loud. That is C drop. <laughs> Uh, you are unbelievable. Oh my god! All right, if you guys have to think about it, I don't know. I was young. I didn't know. I wasn't. I was. I was immature with my my clothing. Mm -hmm. I really didn't know how to read a flyer. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. It was a different time. Yeah, those are those. Those were not the days. The dark days. <laughs> the, dark, the colorful days. If you ask me. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> all right, I guess don't worry fun. don't worry that wasn't against you that was just funny um <laughs> italy or france what experience did you like better i'm gonna go with france there's something special about paris and i'm dying to go back any plans on when you might go back um well, that was the sad thing about COVID is that because of that, instead of the three months I was supposed to spend there, I spent more so one and a half. Um, this isn't set in stone, but a small part of me considered maybe looking for grad school there, but I don't know, can't really say that for sure. I just know that at some point I do want to visit again. All right, well, I hope you get that opportunity. Yeah. It'd be amazing. I mean, not every day you get to study abroad in France, you know? Yeah. No, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky to go to all the places that I have been. Mm -hmm. For sure. Before we let you go, because we don't want to take up all your time, uh, rapid fire questions, okay? Okay, this should be interesting. All right. Uh, it's raining outside and it's not cold, but it's like decent outside. What are you wearing? Ooh, um, I and would say wanna, you stand I, up and you want to stand up. I would say I would wear I have like this black um, rain jacket and I also have um, these microcores rain boots. So I'd probably pull up in all black, but I would wear a red lipstick and draw attention to myself in that way. I've noticed a red lipstick a lot. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
uh when are you gonna start posting on your instagram polls again on what people like this or that because you stopped doing that and yeah, i enjoyed i enjoyed that very soon because a lot of people said they enjoyed it and it was getting me honestly a lot of views like thousands of views so i'm gonna go back to that very very soon all right charles go ask some questions go all right so my fit <laughs> right now right we got this you don't even see it. so we got this sweater uh-huh. yes or no. is this in fashion or out of fashion <sighs> Hey, Charles, you know, I love you, but <laughs> every year, man. No, nah, um, actually, uh, what would you like to say to other people out there that want to get into like fashion designing, you know, uh, even into like TM, like majoring in TMD or like, just have an interest or, you know, some questions for like fashion, you know, clothing and all that always believe in yourself and just go for it there was doubts in my head before I even studied TMD and was like I know nothing about fashion I will not be good in this and I just went for it I love it and I know my passion for it is what's driving my success in it and will drive it further after so whatever you have a passion for just go for it and do it and even small local brands Rhode Island like inspire me people like um keen with auxiliary pvd like doing just doing his thing and being successful at it so if you have a passion for it a love for it and you know that's going to drive um what you're doing literally just go for it mm. oh and this also is a following question would you be dropping any? would you like have a plan to drop any like clothing of your own I get asked this all the time. Um, honestly, no, because my dream is to be the creative director of a haute couture fashion house. So I want to work to be in something that's kind of already established and has like a rich history behind it. So I don't think I would drop my own clothing line. I respect that. No offense to anyone that has a clothing line because you guys are doing great, but yeah, <laughs> kind of not follow. I, I don't want to say not following the trend because I don't want to make it seem like it's a bad thing. But, you know, you're going your own route. So exactly. I feel like I definitely feel like even taking a blogging route was, you know, kind of different. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know many people doing that right now. So <laughs> it's definitely the case. Um, Any inspirations, any any people you look at? when you know trying to get a new sense of fashion or just anything around that nature um my favorite like bigger bloggers is this lady carrie Fay or we were what um in terms of like smaller inspirations uh blessing mariah um who else honestly my friends just looking around at what people i'm close to are wearing and my own um things I like, my interests, it, it all just works together to inspire what I want to wear and show people about myself. There we go. Nah. <laughs> That's good, though. I mean, seeing other people and getting an idea of your own right there, it's just kind of like, it creates like, you know, creative mind. Creativity is also included in fashion, you know, and that gives yep. you an idea. Yeah. Just what you're going to go forth with, like, just what you think would look good on you or like, what to design and all that. Yep. 
For sure. It's much respected. Anybody that's a creator out there, hat goes to you. Because especially during these times, it's very hard to, you know, not only put content out, but even have motivation to. Because there, there have been plenty of days where I just wanted to do nothing. And yeah, I mean, we've all had those days. And thankfully, you know, I kind of snapped out of it. And now we're we're back doing this and we're doing more things. And I'm pretty sure you said you had a bunch of things behind the scenes. So we're looking forward to that. And hopefully we get content soon. The IG, uh, the blog, maybe the Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. Maybe a YouTube channel. Who knows? You never know. Yeah, could happen. (laughs) Call it Sin City YouTube channel. I should, right? That name is fire. <laughs> I'm going to say you're welcome in advance. You're welcome. Wait, Charles, actually, I think you had an announcement to make. Oh. Um, <laughs> hi, my name is Charles Coley from Beyond the Bleachers. And I uh-huh. lost to Gabby Sin in 2K. Uh-huh. 2K. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the score was 50 to 55. Um. I applaud her for her hard work and her dedication into beating me. And I, I, I warn every 2K player out there, she's very good. Don't let her fool you. What are the te- what were Thank the, you. What were the teams? I was at Timberwolves and she was the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> you, are a, you are a fraud, Charles. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I want my rematch, though. We'll see. We'll see. I'll consider. Mm. Also, last question before, you know, we let you go and everything. Mm-hmm. Sports. All right. Oh, goodness. Did you do any sports in your time? High school, college, intramural, AAU, anything? Yes, actually. When I was in high school, I was part of a step team. Mm-hmm. Um, and at my high school, because we were like a small little Catholic school, it was considered a sport. It was kind of like our form of cheerleading. Mm-hmm. So um, I did that and we would like play for um, basketball teams and like volleyball games, like like big stuff like that. And it was really, really fun. I really missed it. So like stomp a yard, feel you. Pretty much. <laughs> right. And um, yeah, you got this, Jason. My last question is, do you look at sports at all when looking at any inspiration for fashion whatsoever? I mean, I know you, Honestly, you must you must see Russell Westbrook going down those hallways with the crazy outfits he'd be having. I do. Um, I don't really look to sports, but I do have a brother and I do have like a bunch of boy cousins that always kind of will tell me little things. I don't know too much, but yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Ask what your favorite teams were, but it's definitely a New York team. I feel it already. Yeah, no, don't even say anything. If it's <laughs> literally, <laughs> unless it's the Brooklyn Nets, you can say that. It is. I would have to say the Nets, but like I feel like most other New York teams are just not as good. I don't know what the curse is. Like the Knicks are just not uh, it. They're changing things around this year. And they're doing all right. Boston. <laughs> That's another conversation for another day. Don't, don't even get me started with that because I'll no. The Twitter, the Twitter timeline has been blown up already on my part. Yeah, I peeped a couple. Yeah, and I feel bad. I feel bad because I blow up that timeline, and 
there are probably people like you, Gabby, that have no idea what's going on, and I just feel bad. No, it's okay. Yeah, Twitter is always an interesting place. Yeah, she's probably like, "Why? Who's who's Jason have beef with? Why is his name Kemba Walker?" Don't even get started with that man. <laughs> Alrighty, though, that wraps up. Our first guest for the new season, I guess. It really sucks that it has to be our first guest. But we are very happy we had you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so, so, so much. This was so fun, and I was so excited for it. For sure, for sure. Everyone, please make sure to check out Gabby's blog. The link will be down below in the description. We'll put that out on Twitter, all platforms. We're going to get it out there. We're. It's definitely worth a a read. I really like it. Charles does to everyone in our circle exit and you will too because we put out good content so thank you so much and make sure to subscribe to Gabby's blog make sure to follow her on everything we thank her for being on the show today it was wonderful having her I really personally I enjoyed having that interview yes, i guess indeed. you would call it you did too mm-hmm. yes indeed did yeah it was a lot honestly. it was fun i can't believe you lost on 2k guy listen you don't it's you don't judge a book by its cover that's all i can tell you you do not yeah. judge a book by its cover mm-hmm. yeah that's wild but it is what it is yeah it is what it is it happens man yeah anyways though Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to do everything. Hit the bell notifications on Twitter, on YouTube. You know, the same old thing. Twitter, at Beyond Bleachers. We post sports, pop culture. Uh, We'll probably provide Gabby's info on there. Uh, Once again, we thank her for being on the show. And, yeah, as for Jason Hernandez. And your boy, Charles Coley. This is Beyond the Bleachers, and thank you for listening. Peace out. Peace, y'all.